Hello and welcome to Tales of the Texas Rangers from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joe McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Yeah. 
I'm following the truck. You come with me, quick. I go to jail, maybe a fool. No. I'll slide around behind the truck. You stay here until he comes up to you. Yeah, but I know what I tell you. Oh, I talk up fast. It's me, you Mullen, Harry Trent. Harry Trent, huh? You lost, Trent? What are you doing in my field in the middle of the night with a truck full of miles south? Uh, oh, Save it, Trent. West Lynn, wait around you. I didn't run any place, Mullen. You know what? Don't move. There's a pitchfork you feel against your ribs. Just march back to the house. What are you going to do to him, Slim? I'm going to lend him my bottle of sleeping pills and see to it that he takes an overdose of them. It's nice, clean, and quiet. That idea would be great, Slim, if I'd hold still for it. But I ain't about to hold still. Look out, Slim. Put some trick. Let's go that fork, Mullen. Now, oh, Mullen, here's something you don't have to hold still for. But you'll hold still this time. Oh. You killed him. You killed him. You shut up. Stop that and shut up. We can run, Slim. We can't do nothing. Get that load out of here and sell it like we planned. Then keep your mouth shut. If you don't, I'll shut it for you. Just before dawn of the next morning, a hound from a neighboring farm came across the body of Robin Mullen. Its baying attracted its master, who called the sheriff. The sheriff requested aid from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. There's a body, Ranger. Black hound dog over there came across it this morning and set up a holler. Owner heard her, knowed she'd find something and come around. Let me see. Which one owns the dog? Fellow in the Mackinac, Sam Richards, and his farmer joins this one along the east fence. Who are the other two men? Harry Trent, farmer of Norris's hands, and Slim Fireman. Slim worked this place with Mullen. They was buddies in the war or something. You want to talk to him? Yeah, in a minute. Anybody touch that pitchfork? Nope, not even me yet. I figured it must be the murder weapon, blood all over the prongs. Hard to read prints off that handle, though. Yeah. Marks on the body show Mullen was jabbed twice. Once would have been plenty. I, uh, set for the JP, but I don't think we need an inquest to tag this as murder. No. But he'll have to order a medical examination to establish the time of death. Hmm. Hmm. Mullen felt kind of funny. Left leg bent in under him. Well, there's a reason for that. Pull up the pants leg and you'll see. Yeah. That explains it, all right. Artificial leg. Even some kind of an accident? If you can call Okinawa an accident, you get the beach there with the first Marines. Lost a leg and an eye. Left eye's glass. He could have picked an easier life on the farm. Did he have any family? Sister Ellie lives over at Holtzville. Guess I'll have to bring her the news. You could call the local minister at Holdsville. He can tell her better than you can. And we can drive over and see her later and find out if she knows anything. It's a good idea. I'll talk to these other fellows now. Okay. They uh, don't seem to know much, though. They may know when Mullen was last seen alive. Listen, often a man gets pitchforked for death out in his own fields. Yeah. Fellas, this is Ranger Jace Pearson. Ranger, this is Sam Richardson. Howdy. Hello. Harry Trent. Hello. Slim Fireman. Glad to know you. Richardson, the sheriff tells me your dog found the body. That's right. Oh, it must have been about uh, 4 a.m. I was just getting out of bed when I heard her, so I come a-running. You always run out and investigate when you hear one of your hounds baying? Nope, but that black hound of mine's a good one. And I ain't never heard a dog sound off like she did. I see. When did you see Mullen last? 
alive. Yesterday morning, passed each other along the fence and said howdy. How about you, Mr. Trent? Uh, I hadn't seen him for a couple of days. Reckon Slim here saw him last then. How about it? Well, sure, reckon I did. Last night we ate and entertained him early. Hmm. Then this happened during the night. It must have, as far as I know. Why would Mullen come out to this field at night? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know he'd left the house until Richardson here from Farm Mama Dan woke me up this morning after he found the body. You live right on the place, Slim? Mm-hmm. How come you didn't hear Richardson's dog? Well, I was sleeping kind of heavy. I took a sleeping pill last night. Must have not been right good. Had a rough day yesterday. What do you mean, Ralph? Well, all well, the extra chores loading the alfalfa from this field onto the truck. I was wondering how come there were so few bales from such a big cotton. Well, Mullen had a buyer for most of it, I reckon. Anyhow, he caught it at all. Yeah, I see the tire tracks. Any idea who he sold it to? Yeah, he safe. Think somebody paid him for the stuff and came back to rob him of the money, James? Could be, Sheriff. Except that Mullen made the robbing mighty convenient by coming out into this field at night. When he learned why he came out here, we'll be learning a lot. <laughs> Yeah, let's find him. There he is. 
Other end of the barn, leaning on the stall. Must be the owner he's talking to. Call him down here. We don't have to. He sees us coming this way now. Watch out for any sudden moves, just in case. Uh, Howdy, Sheriff. Is it for me? Fraser and I'd like a word with you. Uh, reckon it's about Ellie's brother. You heard about it, huh? Yeah, on my car radio this morning. I called Ellie a little while ago. She told me you'd been to see her. A couple of stops I just got to make around here, and then I'm heading for home. When did you see Helen last? Two days ago when I started out on this trip. You stopped by his place? That's right. Social call or business? Business. Made a bid on his alfalfa. He's just about finished sweating and ready to be hauled for storage. How'd you pay him for it? By cash or company check? I didn't pay him for it, Ranger. He said it wasn't for sale. You better be sure of that, Dan. What do you mean? He knew that that alfalfa was sold and moved just before Mullen was killed, the same day you stopped there. Whoever told you that's a lie. It's no lie, Dan. We saw it with our own eyes. Everything was hauled from there except maybe a dozen bales. I don't care what you saw. I know that alfalfa wasn't for sale to me or anybody else. What makes you so sure of that? I'll tell you what makes me so sure. You can check it with the bank. Bob told me he'd made arrangements for a bank loan to buy 20 head of dairy cattle. That's why I'm sure. He was getting them in next month, and he needed that alfalfa for winter forage. He couldn't have sold it, not to anybody. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Blood Harvest, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Jace, no way we could miss a couple hundred bales of alfalfa. No, but we might have missed something we weren't looking for the last time. Just look up. You see the loft is almost empty. He didn't need much forage with just one horse to feed. Uh, I'm looking for forage. Here's what I'm interested in. It's just a bunch of scrap lumber. And a keg of nails. Just about what he'd need to build stalls for that dairy herd. Too far ahead with his plans to change his mind, if you ask me. Sure looks that way. Where'd Mullen keep his hay truck? Vehicle shed out back? Yeah. Come on. What do you want to see, Jace? The truck that Slim said he and Mullen loaded that alfalfa on. Looks like the shed is locked. Uh, no, it isn't. It's the wooden peg stuck through the lock ratchet. We can pull it. I'll help you roll it back. There's the truck. That's the only truck he's got? Yep. If this truck was used to haul alfalfa bales, they must have been tighter than any bales I've ever seen. Look at that truck bed. Clean as a whistle. Not a straw on the floor. Nope. Hey, Sheriff, this is the truck that was loaded out in that field. You can't be sure of that just because the bed is clean. No, but I can be sure by the tires. Look at them. Treads worn down almost smooth. The tire marks we saw out in the field were well marked. Plenty of tread. Hey, that's right, they were. Come on. Take Mullen's horse from the barn, throw a saddle on it. I'll get Sheriff sold out of my trailer and we'll take a little ride. Where to? Out to the fields first, where I can make a plaster cast of that tire tread. Truck was loaded heavy. Compression was deep enough to hold. 
Why can't we drive out? Well, let's head across the neighboring farms, too, and see if we can find any matching treads in other fields. We'll see the ground better as we move on horseback. It's as easy to drive around the farms and check the tires on the trucks like we did here. Yeah, but I don't want to be seen doing that. We scare the man we're after. He might run before we get to him. Okay, I'll have his nag ready in a minute. If you're right, Jace, Slim Ferryman has been lying about moving the alfalfa. Easy, boy. We'll find out. If he was lying, he'll explain why no one was out to that field at night. Because it'll mean that the crop was being stolen at night. And he was killed when he saw who was stealing it. How long does it take that cast to dry, Jace? Hang on here, man. Why would be a lot of truck tires with that same tread? Sure, but this piece I'm making a cast of has a cut mark across part of the tread. Oh, I see. Find that same mark again someplace else. We can make another cast and use for evidence. Here, this is dry now. How's that, Sheriff? Good, clear impression, Jace. Come on. Let's ride. Trent moves his alfalfa crop too, Jace. Fields are clear. Yeah. Where's the farmhouse? Other side of that patch of trees. Good. Well, keep us covered. Keep your eyes on the ground. Right. Hey, hold it. Ooh. Hold it. What is it? Nothing. Tractor marks there. Not what we're looking for. Oh. Well, let's keep going. Hey, look. There's quite a bit of straw on the ground over to the right, Sheriff. Let's move that way. Yeah. Probably Trent had his mail stack there. Sure did. That's what we're looking for. Ooh, ooh, Chuck. Ooh, easy. Kind of dim, Jace, but to the same tread, all right. Yeah, it looks like the same cut mark in the tread. I'm going to make another cast. Then after dark, we can slip in and take a look at Trent's barn and his truck. <laughs> How's 
the coffee. Try stirring it, and it'll fling the spoon right back at you. <laughs> that sounds strong enough. Pour a couple. All right. Mind if we sit with you, Slim? Help yourself. Yeah. Got a line on who killed Mullen yet? No. Too bad Mullen never mentioned the name of the man he was selling that alfalfa to. No. Too bad. You think he might have mentioned it to one of the neighbors, Sam Richardson, maybe, or Harry Trent? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I guess it isn't likely. man who doesn't tell his plans to an old buddy living right in the same house with him, I guess he wouldn't tell anybody. Well, here's your java, Sheriff. Thanks. Ranger. You and go all through the war together? No, just part of it. Mm-hmm. Where's your name? South Pacific? Uh... No, here in the States. I, uh, I was a ward man at the General Hospital. Oh, then you were in an action together. No, I see. Uh, I thought you were a real close friend. We were. Who says we weren't? Well, take it easy. Nobody said so. I just meant you, you weren't as close as buddies are when they're under fire together. We were plenty close. And don't let nobody tell you different. Mullen was the best friend I ever had, see? Sure. When you get the guy who killed him, I... I'd like to be there to watch when they strap the rat in the electric chair. I know just how you feel. I'll do my best to arrange that for you. Uh, here's your money, May. Uh, I'm going back to the farm and get some sleep if I can. Hardly had any since this happened. Uh, it's too bad. Maybe you ought to take one of your sleeping pills. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I will. Good night. Good night, sir. Night, Slim. You sure rattled his teeth, Jase. He's pretty frank about his service record, though. Yeah, only because he knew I could check it if he lied. Let's skip this coffee. I want to see Ellie and her husband, Dan. <laughs> Ellie and Dan were keeping a lonesome night vigil beside the body of Robert Mullen. He beckoned Dan outside. What is it? I won't leave Ellie alone too long. I'm afraid you'll have to leave her alone for a while if you want to help us spring the trap on the man who killed your brother-in-law. You know who did it? I think so. I need your help to prove it. You've got to help her. What do you want? How much acreage did Mom have in alfalfa? Looks like seven or eight acres. Eight, right. You know how much it would be? About two times to an acre, 16 ton all told. That's a good year for this year. He took what Jerry's land. Why? I'll tell you in a minute. Sheriff, we saw Trent's alfalfa acreage. I'd say he'd got about six acres. But then, you don't have to say about six acres is right. How do you know? I bought Trent's alfalfa crop for my company. Good. How much? Almost 12 tons. Same acre you as Bob Mullen. 12 tons. Are you sure that's all? Of course I'm sure. A feed and grain companies keep a record of everybody they purchase from? Sure. And a lot to be identified. I mean, are they tagged or stored in such a way you could tell who they were bought from? Yeah, they are. What are you aiming at, Jay? Final proof to break Trent down. Dan, I want you to come with me. Get one of the bales Trent sold to your company, and then we're going to wake up every other feed and grain buyer in the county to see if he sold any more than 12 tons. You got what we were after. The day after Mon was killed, Trent had sold an additional 15 tons to another company almost 50 miles away. We got a sample bale and brought it back to the sheriff's office. Put it down here, Dan. Yeah. So Trent did sell more of it, huh? Fifteen tons more. Well, see how you can sell this bale from the other one? You can when you weigh them. Trent's bale's averaged 110 pounds to the bale on his own stuff. The 
bales in his second batch are tighter packed, about 140 pounds to the bale. Hey, wait a minute, Ranger. There's something else different, too. I just noticed. Look at the wire on the bales. Mm, looks the same to me. Maybe, but you're not as used to seeing baling wire as I am. Wire on the bales trench so me is 16 gauge. Wire on this other bale is 14 gauge. Bob Mullen always used 14 gauge. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get Trent and make him talk. Once he opens up, we'll see where Slim Fairman fits. Case, I see the picture's clear as you do now, but how are we going to prove that this second batch of alfalfa was stolen from Mullen's place? We don't have to prove it. Trent's the one who has to do the proving. We do things big in Texas, but he's the first man who ever sold 27 tons of alfalfa from six acres. Let's go. It was still dark when we turned in the road to Trent's farmhouse. And the light went on inside as we came to a stop. Trent came to the door. Oh, oh, shoot for I heard car. Huh? You thought it was somebody else? No, no, no. I didn't know who it was. Oh, I thought you might be expecting Slim Fairman. Uh, no, no. Why would Slim come here? Take a few lessons in farming, maybe, so you could show him how to raise 27 tons of alfalfa on six acres. You must have raised that much, Trent, because you sold that much. The 15 tons of it belonged to Mullen. He bailed heavier and used 14 gauge wire while you used 16 gauge. Uh, I bought Mullen's crop. Why would he sell it to you instead of his brother in law, Dan? I mean, I, I hauled it for him. He thought the price would be better someplace else. Not enough to haul it 50 miles. And besides, you made that sale yesterday, after Mullen was killed. No, I had to do it. I was in a trap. If I told you about it, Slim would have killed me. Did he kill Mullen? Were you and I witness? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him do it. I never touched Mullen. Where's Slim now? I. I thought you were him when you drove up. He's coming here this morning. I got to check for Mullen's alfalfa, and Slim was going to pick it up and take it someplace for cash. And... There's a car coming now, Jase. Handcuff Trent to the door now to that closet. Quick, right. I didn't tell you. Come on, Sheriff. Slim won't stop. He'll see my car as he makes the turn for the house. He saw it. He's turning around. Get his tires. That stopped him. He's running for it, Jase. Move off to that side. The car is shielding him. Right. Stop running, Slim. You can't beat a bullet. He ducks into the bullet, Jake. Circle him from the start and keep the door covered. I'm going in after him. Ray of dawn was watching across the sky, but the barn was in deep shadow. I slipped in along the side wall and moved slowly toward the stalls. I didn't see what came at me. I just sensed it. Hurling through the air, and I threw myself to the side, hit the ground, and fired. You all right? Yeah. He threw that sickle at me from the stall. I didn't see him. Don't even know how I hit him. I just felt it coming and fired. Mighty good aim. He's dead. So is Bob Mullen. Let's get Trent and take him in. in the robbery and murder of Robert Mullen. Harry Trent was sentenced to Huntsville Penitentiary for 50 years. And here again is the
the star of our show, Joe McRae, with another interesting story about the Texas Rangers. The equipment of a Texas Ranger includes a pair of six guns, a rifle, a shotgun, and other weapons. Not to mention his horse, horse trailer, automobile, and scientific crime detection apparatus. However, there's been a fictional addition to the equipment as the result of motion pictures. An addition that has the Rangers scratching their heads ruefully. It came to the attention of one ranger recently as he passed two small boys on the street. The small fry turned to stare at him. The ranger got quite a shock when he heard one of them say, Oh, shucks. He ain't a real Texas ranger. He ain't got a guitar. Well, such is the influence of modern fiction. But fortunately, the criminals know the truth. When they see a real Texas ranger, they don't look for a guitar. They look for the quickest means of transportation. They want distance, not music. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Included Tony Barrett, Luke Krugman, Herb Bygren, Tom Tully, Wilms Herbert, Betty Moran, and Gigi Pearson. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keith. Al Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Here's news of two outstanding musical events. This Saturday, January 27th, Arturo Toscanini begins the first of a new series with the NBC Symphony. And starting Monday, January 29th, the Boston Pops Orchestra will be heard in a new Monday evening concert series. They call infantile paralysis the visible crippler. It strikes without mercy any place, anywhere. You can fight him with your dimes and dollars, though. Send them today to your local March of Dimes headquarters. Join the 1951 March of Dimes. Remember, Arturo Toscanini once again conducts the symphony next Saturday on NBC.